You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 379. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 379. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, my love. Hello, beautiful lady. How how are you? How are you? How are you? <laughs> Ready to talk to the audience? I am. What well, are, what's our topic today? Oh, wait, yeah. Wait, we Sorry. are talking about. <laughs> oh, you're jumping the gun. You're cute. We're going to talk about confidence hangovers, the mm. feeling of guilt after speaking up for yourself. Oh, interesting. I've had that before. Have you? Yeah. This is something I talk about a lot with my students and clients where they will feel really empowered. They'll set a boundary or they'll say something offended them or they'll speak up in some way. And then they immediately second guess themselves. Mm. Oh, my God, did I do something wrong? And then they'll have this sort of onslaught of a guilty feeling yeah. going, oh, my God, do I need to go repair this? Struggle's real. It really, it, it's truly yeah. uh, something that, that happens. And yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with how the brain's wired. Like you're not, it that is an unknown yeah. to you. Right. So your mind goes, oh, this is not safe. The, right. It's not safe to speak up for yourself. We don't know this. Abort mission, abort mission. And then let's go back to being complicit or right. acquiescing to whatever anybody else wants. So we're going to dig into that today. So nice. if you've ever had that where you've spoken up and then you've immediately gone, oh, shit, what have I done? What did I do? Dun, dun, dun. And then all the rumination and all of that, then this is definitely the episode for you. But of course, as as you know, we need to spice up the mics a little bit. So we will spice it up with a little segment we like to call... Would you rather? And today's would you rather is, would you rather find out that one of your parents was a serial killer? Oh, shit. Or that at one point in your life you dated a serial killer? Whoa. This is all for all our true, cr true all crime. All true crime murderino types. J junkies out there, if anybody is a huge fan of true crime the way I am. I, oh man. Well, I have read a book by the daughter of BTK. Yeah. And that was, it, it ended up being all about her trying to witness to everybody to become Christian. So I was like, <laughs> this is not what I came here for. Yeah, right. But just the, that amount of betrayal from somebody who raised you in your formative years, mm -hmm. I don't, uh, I mean, that's but it's betrayal on either side, right? That's assuming they're present in your childhood, sure. too. So is that that's the case too? Like, is it? Is it? Uh, I didn't really think that through. Well, that's gonna because <laughs> if it's somebody who if it's an absent father or mother that you don't really know, yeah, then I would choose that one. Well, then yes, they were in your life. Okay, so they they did make it challenging. Yeah, 
versus somebody you dated? I don't know. So no longer dating, but you did date. I feel like I'm such a good murderino that I would, <laughs> would have, I would have seen all the fucking signs. <laughs> but how awful would it be that you had all those skills and missed it? Then it'd be like, who? I don't even know who I am. Right. Uh, by the way, if if you don't know what that term is, that's actually a term that was coined on The Simpsons. What was? Murderino. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it was Ned Flanders was like, Heidi Lee Ho, Murderinos. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. But it's become a moniker for the people who are huge fans of the very popular podcast, My Favorite Murder. And true crime in general. Yes. So, yeah, that's true. And, God, I think I would probably choose – God, that, that's tough because serial killers infamously do not kill their children. Yes. However, largely don't. How, <laughs> are you, you like, liking my assessment? Are you woman-splaining me right I'm now? Woman-splaining, I'm murdering-splaining you. However, the people they date, mm, that's slipperier. Although, but you made it out. Yeah, I made it. Gosh, I think I would choose somebody I dated. Yeah. Yeah, because it's there a little are more removed, right? There, but it does say something about your choices, right? Right. There there are a lot of people who were in marriages or in relationships that was sort of like their vanilla cover story mm-hmm. and their crimes don't escalate till much much longer into or much <laughs> further into the future. I know too much about this. You're yeah, you're getting a little too detailed. Okay. Okay, I pick I pick I pick dating. Dating. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with dating too. Okay. Because then I don't feel like I have the gene. Oh, that's curious. Right? I like, didn't think If about it that. was my birth parent and they were a serial killer, I would think, oh, shit, what's going to go on with me? Right? Right. So it, if somebody had dated, I can just say, okay, I can make better choices. I, I see clearer now. Right? I can be a little bit more precautious, cognitive about oh. my choices in my dating life. Right? Well, the other thing, too, is so the jury is still out on if you're if you are actually born. Yeah. That way. No, I get that. But I'm just saying I would still feel that regardless of the science. Yeah. But they're almost always incredibly egregious parents, you know, so it's likely that you would have a traumatic upbringing. Right. Which may Cause you to be a serial killer. Jesus. Well, I doubt it. I doubt it. Oh, my gosh. So, wow. So, we digress. <laughs> we this did, is actually we? about personal development, y'all. Right? You can, you can definitely stick around. So, we would love to hear what you would rather, and we talk about it every single week over in our After Hours community. After Hours. Which is our Facebook group that is very exclusive, but incredibly inclusive at the same time. And I do bonus trainings there every single month. You can ask me things that have been coming up for you that you might need some support around. And Mr. Smith pops in every once in a while. Pops in a little bit. He's just a little boop boop, like boop. A, a little pop pop. And <laughs> and everybody's so amazing. We do warm, fuzzy Wednesdays. And then on Monday, we also talk about the would you rather and people kind of share their explanation. And it's always kind of fun to, to hear people's rationale. So you yep. can join us by simply uh, – Creep in on the show notes, which is thejoyjunkie.com slash 379, or just go directly to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That redirects you right over to our little corner of Facebook. And we would love to have you. All right. Yay. Let's talk about having confidence 
hangovers. Let's or do it. boundary hangovers or speaking up for yourself hangovers. And this is sort of the scenario. So I want you to think about a specific situation that you may have gone through that you, you know, kind of felt super bolstered and you told your family that you won't be attending an event or maybe you decline an invite from friends or family. Maybe it's even a breakup that you're severing a relationship. So typically what will transpire is you will have the gut feeling that you need to do it. I need to speak up for myself. I need to end this relationship. I need to establish a boundary. And then you're totally terrified because mm-hmm. none of us like confrontation. None. N- this is not typically fun for anybody. Yeah. So you finally get your guts up and you deliver your boundary and it's not received well. Mm. The other Happens. person gets defensive. Or the one that we all love, they start trying to make you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you would do that to me. Or how could you even say that? Or that just breaks my heart. Or well, now what am I gonna? Sp- what am I supposed to do? I've been depending on you. Or I was counting on you. Like guilt, 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 being hurled your way. Yes. And then you start having all the remorse of should I have said anything. And then sometimes that inner critic pops in and goes, see, this is why we don't speak up. See, this is why you just sweep it under the rug. See, this is why you don't open a can of worms Mm -hmm. or whatever other fucking idiom you want to (laughs) use. So what I really want to underline here is that speaking up for yourself does not always mean that you only feel fantastic, that it's always this bliss-filled, exciting thing. When somebody doesn't agree with you, or doesn't like what you have to say, that's uncomfortable. It hurts, right? So let's talk about what do we do in these sorts of situations. So number one, be prepared for dichotomous emotions and be comfortable being uncomfortable. So it is highly likely, and this is something I hear constantly from students and clients, that they have on one hand, this feeling of, holy shit, I did it. I spoke up for myself. So it's this immense pride and a sense of confidence. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they are completely saddened by the other person's response or they're disappointed Mm -hmm. or they're overwhelmed or another uncomfortable emotion. So being comfortable being uncomfortable is... So key here. It's a skill. It is. It absolutely is. Because what usually happens, this is the pattern that I typically see from people, especially if you are a recovering perfectionist or recovering people pleaser, the tendency is the minute you get pushback is to take it all back. Right. Yeah. Is to take it all back. How can I make it? How can I make it okay? How can I make? How do I make this situation comfortable? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So recognizing that part of this is being in that uncomfortable place. So I'll talk about that in a minute. But what I want you to understand is a lot of times we have this preconceived notion that once we start using all of our tools in personal development, that we will only feel euphoria. Right. 
that it always it's like shit and glitter all the time no 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 that's not how it is in fact one of the biggest elements of personal development is emotional acuity is emotional intelligence is to know what is coming up emotionally for you in that moment and then being able to handle it in a really healthy way Mm -hmm. so being prepared for this dichotomous experience of okay If I'm going to decline this invite, if I'm going to tell this person something they're not going to want to hear, end this relationship, I'm going to be prepared to have both the thrill and the sadness and allowing them to coexist. And typically what will happen, depending on the incident, depending on how severe it is, you will likely vacillate back and forth between them. So, for example, if you're going through something really intense, like, let's say, coming out of the closet. You're a part of the LGBTQ community and your parents do not agree with that. They think it's a choice or some some shit like that. And you go back and forth with, oh my gosh, this is who I am. I want to live my life and I am allowed to, you know, I am standing in my own identity. And, and then you go vacillate back and forth with this thing of like, oh my God, I just want to be fucking accepted. <laughs> yeah, should yeah. I Should I just have squashed who I was in order to gain acceptance and just this overwhelming sadness and this loss. There's a grief element there. For sure, yeah. So, you know, allowing those two things to coexist. Okay, number two. No, well, before I get into that, there will be situations also that aren't nearly as severe as that, like waffling back and forth around a breakup or a divorce or coming out. You know, those are really big issues. Big, big things to contend with there will be small things of telling somebody you can't help them out with a project and then you, you... i have an example Ooh, okay. right now because i just got a text from uh someone i'm supposed to meet after the podcast and he said i just confirmed with him and he said oh sorry i didn't tell you but i'm waiting on my covid test i wasn't feeling very good today the first thing you should have done is text me and let me know Right. right. Because I built my day around meeting with you. Right. Um, so it's uncomfortable for me to say to him, hey, look, that would have been nice to know earlier because I built my day around you. Right. Right. But I have to say that. Right. Right. Because it sets a precedence. Otherwise, what happens next time? That's right. He's going to go, oh, Ken will be cool. Right. right? Ken, Ken knows what's up. He I doesn't can, care. I can be tardy with him. Right. Right. But it, so that's that's a small situation. Because right. a lot of times that other person's perspective is if it was a big deal, he would have he told would have said me. Something. Right. Surely he would have said something. Exactly. Yep. And that is what I mean by you teach people how to treat you by what you choose to tolerate. That's right. It's in the toleration that creates the repetition of that behavior. Exactly. I just thought that was a good example. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Since it just happened. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, this just in, folks. <laughs> there can also be a situation where now you speak up to him. You say, hey, that really wasn't cool. He may feel some kind of way. You know what I mean? He's going to. He may have the feels. He may start going. He might feel really down on himself. 
But that's not your responsibility. Right. Your responsibility is to deliver that in a way that you feel proud about, that you're not being vitriolic or sharp or biting, yeah. that you just say, hey, here's the deal. Right. But a lot of times we go, if there's going to be pain on that other side, that means I shouldn't speak up. Or if they do respond poorly or they, they lash out or they start crying, that means you're wrong. Like, go clean it up. Sure. Right? And in a situation, it's, you know, I'm kind of a... Um, a mentor. I'm a mentor, so I have a little bit more uh, leeway to say these things. Right. But um, if it was my boss... Right. Right? It'd be a little bit different. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Anyway. N- number one, be prepared for dichotomous emotions and being comfortable being... And start being comfortable being uncomfortable, which leads me into number two. Be prepared to second guess if you've made the right choice. Mm -hmm. So as I was alluding to a little bit at the top of the show, the way in which the brain works, we have various neural pathways that are representative of specific patterns of behavior. So we have this neural pathway that's been paved in the brain that knows how to people please, or it knows how to take it back. If you think somebody's upset with you, like, oh my gosh, just make it go away. Make Mm -hmm. this uncomfortable feeling go away. So then when we behave in a way that's different, that's new, the mind only knows knowns and unknowns, and they regist- it registers the knowns, knowing how to be a people pleaser, knowing how to take care of everyone else's emotions, it registers those as safe. Right. Even if they're shitty things, like not liking yourself mm-hmm. or being a perfectionist or having a tight grip on control, the brain goes, that's safe. It's safe to do that because we know that pattern of behavior. Keep going down that same path. Keep behaving that same way. So then when we start trying to pave a new neural pathway to embed a new habit, a new process, a new behavioral pattern, that's what kicks up the critical factor of the mind, which is basically the guard dog. That's the inner critic. Mm -hmm. And it goes, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. We can't be that empowered. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Look at what you've done. And it sends in the barrage of commentary and or the emotional feeling, right? Sometimes it's the the literal words we hear. And then sometimes it's just how we feel. We feel gutted about it. Mm -hmm. So especially if you are a recovering people pleaser, be prepared to have that urge to, quote, make it right, which is a fallacy in and of itself. What, to make it right? Yes. Yeah. Because you don't have anything to rectify. If you've spoken up for yourself, it's not you. You don't need to go make sure that they're okay with Mm. you. And this is, again, where emotional intelligence comes into play. And I'll link to a recent episode we did on emotional intelligence that I think would be helpful for you if you struggle with this. But a lot of times it's just the sheer fact of being uncomfortable emotionally where somebody doesn't like us and we feel this sense of rejection or sadness or guilt or whatever it is and instead of sitting with that emotion and feeling through it and navigating it and looking at okay what is this emotion trying to tell me we go make it stop oh my god make it stop let me go take back everything I said and make that person happy with me Mm -hmm. instead of sitting in that place of discomfort and starting to evaluate Am I feeling discomfort simply because something shitty happened? 
there was some negative energy that was being thrown my way? Or am I feeling shitty because I do need to clean up a mess? Now, yeah, there is a slight that's a difference. There's sure. a nuance here where you speak up for yourself, but you do it in a really shitty way. Yes. You deliver it with a lot of bite or being aggressive. Unless you make it a mess, not necessarily just speaking your truth, right? Then you're being adversarial right. and you're always responsible for that delivery. Sometimes now, that delivery is necessary. That's true. That's well. what I was going to say. There are outlying ex- examples of sure, that sure, sure. where you do need to be biting. A great example of that is if you do, speaking of murdering now, like if you do <laughs> feel like you're being accosted or something like that, that's not the time to be polite with your right. delivery. You know, there's certain certain places where you can get, you know, really worked up. But a majority of the time, if you are looking at okay, maybe I didn't convey that the way I should have, then you can go clean up that mess, but clean up the delivery, not the content. Mm. So it would sound something like, hey, I just wanted to say I'm so sorry for our conversation earlier. I really should not have said it in that way. I still feel very strongly about what I said, or I still believe that we have a difference of opinion about blah, or have a different perspective on fill mm-hmm. in the blank. Mm-hmm. But I should not have said it in that way. I should. You didn't deserve for me to speak to you in that way. Right. So that that is something to consider, because I do think sometimes we get so emboldened where we kind of go, oh, no, well, that's just how I feel. And it's kind of where personal development goes wrong. Yeah. And I did I did a podcast on that as well. So we'll throw that in the show notes. But it is, it is something to be aware of. But let's say that you did handle yourself with grace and kindness. You presented whatever you needed to present with – with the utmost courtesy and politeness and the other person just simply doesn't agree with you, doesn't want you to be empowered. Sometimes that happens too. If you're you if they are used to you always giving in and never standing up for yourself, you'll find out very quickly who in your life does not support the empowered version of you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Cuz they'll go, "Oh no, no, I signed up for the doormat version of you. Where is that?" <laughs> Right. And they will kick back. That's right. So you have to really be prepared for that kickback that you're going to feel because you're trying to go down this different neural pathway, right? We're trying to create this new habit. Expect that critical factor to pop in and go, wait, 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 wait. What is this? So knowing that that's going to be there. Then when you start going into that second-guessing place, you can kind of go, ah, uh, I knew this was going to happen. Oh, uh, that's a good tool. Like and you that. can just start saying, okay, this is just me creating new habits. This is me paving new neural pathways. Oh, it's okay, brain. I know it feels like it's unknown. I know it feels like it's not <laughs> safe, but it's okay. We got it. Right. We got it. We're going to figure it out. And this is something that I discuss all the time in Deep Down and Dirty, which is the the primary way that I work I work with women in the world, and so many of them are struggling with this idea of just being enough, that I'm worthy, that I'm valuable, which then if we don't believe that we are enough, if we don't believe that we are worthy or that we even matter, of course we employ things like perfectionism, 
people-pleasing because we go, okay, maybe if I'm perfect, then I'll be enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe if all these people love me and yeah. accept me, maybe then I'll be worthy. Yeah. And so we chase all these external things and we use these behaviors like people-pleasing and perfectionism or uh, control is another one. Procrastination can be a part control of it. Big one, yeah. Control is a huge one. But we turn to these certain coping mechanisms and then we inevitably get to this place in our life where we go, this isn't working anymore. You know, these things that I used to always do to try to be perfect or to make everybody else happy is running me into the ground. Hmm. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I don't believe in myself. And that is the biggest thing that I see people change when they work with me with in Deep Down and Dirty is they will come out the other side saying, I actually like who I am. Nice. I believe that I deserve happiness. I believe that I'm lovable. I believe that I am enough. And then once you get to that place, then you start to go out into the world and create the shit that you want because you actually believe you deserve it. Yeah. You attract the love that you want. You create the career that you want. You end relationships that you don't want to ta- you don't want to be in anymore because you actually believe you deserve that. And it's funny that we're talking about this particular subject because one of the things I hear a lot in Deep Down and Dirty and I tell my students always at the beginning be prepared for your <laughs> bullshit tolerance to get really low. Right. Because all of the stuff that you used to tolerate, you are going to see through a completely different lens. And you will just be like, I I don't deserve to be treated like that. Fuck no. Right? And and then, like I said, sometimes there's some extreme kickback from people in your life. So, sure, absolutely. All right. So we've got... Be prepared for the dichotomous emotion. Number two, be prepared to second guess yourself. That's a natural part of your brain rewiring. It's fine. It's okay. It does not mean you made a mistake. Number three, allow yourself the space to process your emotions. You are allowed to feel what you feel. Mm -hmm. But be careful what your emotions mean. A lot of times when we feel something really uncomfortable, we make it mean I should have never said anything to begin with. I should have never spoken up or I'm such an asshole. I'm inflicting pain on that person. And what it actually means is it hurts to be at odds with someone. It hurts to have a difference of opinion from somebody else who you actually care about. Especially if your pattern has been to not open up the can of worms or whatever you want to call it, right? That pain is new, right? right? And like sitting in it and feeling it can be vexing to say the very least. Sure. So giving yourself a little bit of space to process, now that can look a ton of different ways. That can be journaling. That could be talking to a coach or a therapist or, you know, um, a trusted friend or advisor, a mentor, sometimes even clergy. You know, anyone who you you can it, that are ears that you can speak your truth into you know not every all, all ears can hear that truth but and we'll get to that in a second here as well but getting it out of your body being able to do like a nice workout and processing what you're feeling uh, a nice primal scream a really great cry you can feel uncomfortable emotions and survive mm-hmm. but the problem is is when they're super potent a lot of times we go, oh my gosh, this hurts so much. This must mean 
I did something wrong. I'm awful. I, you know, the conclusions that we make. Sure. So number three, allow yourself to the space to process those emotions. Number four, this is a semantics thing. Stop saying I feel guilty or I feel bad. Words have meaning. Words have power. That kind of thing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Guilty. Now, again, this is something we spend a lot of time on in Deep Down and Dirty as well. Guilt is the emotion we feel when we have done something wrong according to us. Hmm. That I have behaved in a way that I am not proud of. That warrants the emotion of guilt. However, I find that a lot of people ascribe the moniker of guilt to a different emotion. Hmm. So you're feeling some you're feeling the feels. You're feeling really uncomfortable and you're not quite sure what this emotion is. We say, I feel bad, I feel guilty, I feel bad, I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. It's not guilt if you have not done anything wrong according to you. So those extreme examples in the beginning, coming out of the closet, I feel guilty for what my parents are going through. No, 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 that's not guilt. You have done nothing wrong according to you. And it's important that the according to you is there. That's your barometer. Because according to them, you have done something wrong. That's why you have to be your own internal compass. Am I pleased with how I've shown up? Am I pleased with how I delivered this information? How I showed up? How I said these things? Yes. Awesome. That it's not guilt that I'm feeling. Hmm. So let's choose a different moniker. Choose something like, I feel sad. I feel compassion. Sometimes it's like, you know, if you can't come through for somebody and Mm. you know what that's like. Oh, my gosh. I know what that's like to have to try to move things around and make shit happen. You can feel compassionate about them. That doesn't mean it's your responsibility, which is what guilt says. Guilt says I'm responsible. Yep. Okay. I feel empathy. I was going to say empathy. I feel sympathy. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel concern. I feel overwhelm. I feel hurt. If somebody is hurling guilt back at you, it's likely that what you are feeling is hurt. Yeah. That they are they are trying to make you wrong for an empowered decision that you've made. And you have recently said, I feel guilty. You feel hurt. Yeah. Is what you feel, my friend. So use that as a quick little assessment of, have I done anything wrong according to me? Yes or no? If it's no, then use a different moniker. I feel something else. And this is another thing that we talk about, uh, you know, as I mentioned in Deep Down and Dirty. And by the way, if you are interested in that and you are feeling like I cannot keep going on being my own worst critic constantly being laden with self-doubt, always trying to make sure everybody else is okay and being consumed by what other people think, please go watch my free workshop. You can find it over at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. This is a masterclass that I put together that talks about five key things that you need to do if you really want to make this shift. If you want to start finding that happiness and contentment internally instead of constantly searching for it outside of yourself. At the very end of the workshop, 
you will see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team where you can talk about your specific struggles, the things that you've been contending with lately. And then you, the two of you can talk about a plan for how to progress and if deep down and dirty is a good solution for you uh, as a a part of that plan. Right, right. And so easily find that in the show notes or thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Okay, five, number five is recognize their response as an emblem of who they are. So how that other person responds tells you so very much about about who they are, mm-hmm. right? So we usually make it mean, oh my God, I've done something wrong. If they're mad at me, I must be wrong. But what if we could see their response as actually illuminating the nature of the relationship, who they are in your life, their ability to hear you or mm. not hear you, their ability to support you or not support you, their ability for in-depth conversations, I had a situation many years ago where I was resigning out of a higher profile position in a cosmetic company where I was a corporate trainer, and I knew that I could not continue on, and I also knew that when I put in my notice that I was likely going to get some kickback. For sure. So I hand in my resignation, you know, I say, give my notice, whatever, whatever. And in that moment, that particular boss of mine at the time completely tried to guilt trip me. Wait, what? And said, I can't believe you would do this while somebody else is out on maternity leave. Like she brought somebody else completely into And I was like, that's not my shit. Right. I have nothing to do with who gets knocked up and takes time off. Like that's not, (laughs) not up to me. Has nothing to do with me. And she was just like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do now? And just I can't believe you would do this and really handled it quite poorly. For sure. And so in that moment, I had that dis- that distinction of, okay, I can either go into the place of, holy shit, what have I done? I must have done something wrong. How can I make her happy with me? Right. Or what I actually did, which was, Wow. Thank you so much for proving to me that I made the right decision. (laughs) Right. Because if I have to decide between making you happy or making me happy, I'm going to choose me. Yeah. And I looked at that way in which she handled it and went, I see our relationship so much clearer now. Sure. Sure. Right. So when when you start establishing boundaries, when you start speaking up for yourself, the response that you get is illuminating about who they are, not just who you are. So if you're getting kickback, especially when you are making powerful decisions for yourself, keep tabs on that response as illuminating who they are. And just and it doesn't necessarily have to be a blamey um, making them wrong thing or like, oh, they're they're fucked up or they're just not as evolved or you don't we don't have to go down that step at that that path at all. Okay. but it's recognizing, oh, okay, where they are at and where I'm at, it probably isn't very conducive. It probably isn't very symbiotic. So. Okay, good to know. I oftentimes will use the example of 
gluten, right? Like there's those of us who can't have gluten or can't have dairy. We don't need to spend all of our time being pissed off at dairy and talking shit on gluten and like, oh, you're so <laughs> fucked up. No, you just stay away from it. Right, just avoid it. You just go, oh, that just doesn't work for my system. Good to know. Let me just not be around it. Right. It's the same way with energy in humans. Oh, you behave like that when I'm empowered? Oh, <laughs> good to know. Right? We don't have to be pissed at them. We don't have to talk shit. We don't have to stand in a place of acrimony. But we can go, okay, that was illuminating. All right. Sweet. And then finally, number six, get yourself some support. Surround yourself with people who champion you, not people who feed into your people-pleasing. Oh, that's good advice in general. Now, this can be really key. This is another thing I see with students. As they start growing and developing and they start figuring out that, oh, I don't have to be so afraid what everybody else thinks. And hmm. I don't have to keep twisting my own behavior to make sure everyone's happy with me. They sometimes are still allied with friends who have the old version of you beliefs. Uh, yeah. So you bring shit like this to them and you say, oh my gosh, I'm breaking up with so-and-so or um, I decided that I'm going to resign or I told my parents that I'm not going to make it to such and such event. And they feed into the people-pleasing behavior and they go, you did. I can't believe you said that. Oh my gosh, you're going to really hurt their feelings. Or... Oh my gosh, you really let them down. I, I could never have said that. I can't. And they feed into what you are trying to recover from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So be very, very careful with the counsel that you keep. That will be pivotal in where your mind goes around was that – because remember, you're already fragile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're already fragile. <laughs> <laughs> you're already trying to change a pattern. And that's just feeding into the pattern you've already established, right? You've already got that inner critic yeah. going, are you sure? Right. Are you sure? I think that was a bad move. We don't know that. Right. You're already experienced, experiencing dichotomous emotion of like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't, this doesn't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I feel pain. I feel hurt. I feel concern or whatever. And then you have this other person who you feel is your safety net telling you you fucked up. Yeah. So seek wise counsel, y'all. Make sure that there are people around you that can really say, no, you are allowed to establish boundaries. You are allowed to speak up for yourself. You are allowed to uh, not go through with things that you don't want to go through with. Yeah. And that doesn't have, have to mean that you are malicious or ill-intended. It simply means that you are honoring what you need. That's it. So be around those people and be wary of, of – Sharing with people who aren't in that space. Don't just go trying to speak those that truth. Those mm. ears can't hear you. Right. Okay? Right. Yeah, that's good advice. That's another one of the reasons why I think it's so powerful in Deep Down and Dirty because there will be all these women who are going through similar situations. Sometimes it's speaking up with a partner or a spouse. Sometimes it is I need to be more forthright in my career or with mm. coworkers. Sometimes it is family. Oh, my gosh. This my mother-in-law or my mom <laughs> or whatever. And so everybody is bolstered by this notion of like, girl, you are allowed. No, we can speak up. No, we are. We can do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm up there on my fucking pulpit, like <laughs> preaching some sermons, like y'all, no, <laughs> not mm -hmm. on my watch, <laughs> not on my watch. You're going to boundary your asses off and you're going to feel damn good about it. Right. So 
I think that's really important to acknowledge the company that you keep, especially when you're growing in, in this arena. Yeah, yeah. That's good advice. Great advice. Quick little recap, and then we will send you on your way to do all things badass. Number one, be prepared for dichotomous emotions and be comfortable being uncomfortable. Number two, be prepared to second guess yourself if you made the right choice. Just know that's going to come down the pipeline and it will abate after time. You'll start to get really empowered and you won't have that second guess nearly as often. But know know it's coming at first. Yeah, yeah. Number three, give yourself the expanse to process those emotions. Be with them. Don't just try to quell them. Number four, for the love of God, stop saying, I feel guilty or I feel bad. Bad is not an emotion. Choose a different word. Choose a different descriptor. Mm -hmm. Sad, I feel compassion, empathy, sympathy, concern, overwhelm, hurt. Fill something in. Number five, recognize that the other person's response is an emblem of who they are or where they are at the moment. It's not necessarily just you or I've done something wrong. And then finally, number six, get support. Surround yourself with people who champion you making positive choices and decisions. Brilliant. I love these little tiny details are the thing that make you so badass. Oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. Like just... Just things that nobody would ever really think of, you know, like, oh, well, yeah, I can stand up for myself. But then what happens? You know, like that's that's brilliant. And it's it's thank you. I I also really love when people get this sense of being granted permission, you know, where I've, you know, had great sessions with clients or students where. They're like, oh, my God, yeah, I can say that. Mm. Oh, I am allowed to do that. Oh, oh, I'm not responsible for how they're feeling. Oh, oh, okay, wow, yay, (laughs) permission granted. So, again, if that's you and you really need to make a definitive shift and some of the stuff that you've been consuming, whether it's in books or podcasts, there's a very real reason why some of that doesn't stick. And if you go and watch that workshop, it will start to illuminate that a little bit for you. Helps you understand it more, yeah. Exactly. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop if you want in on that free piece of badassery. And I think that's it. Any other things to throw in the in the mix? Gosh, no. I think I'm good. All right. Thanks for letting me sit in on this. <laughs> oh, of course, as always, for the last eight years. All right, y'all. Well, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith. Thank you.